You're in the water loop. Waterloop is a nonprofit media outlet made possible in part by a grant from Springpoint Partners. Visit waterloop.org. This is episode number 152, Wasser in Germany. Traveling presents the opportunity to make observations about many aspects of the world, including about water. In this episode, Waterloop host Travis Loop discusses his summer trip to Germany and a variety of ways that water caught his attention in cities such as Frankfurt, Stuttgart, and Munich. Topics include public refill stations, bottled water in restaurants, the presence of green roofs, and river surfing. The conversation will begin in one minute, but first a word about our sponsor, Varuna. In business, I believe that the quality of the people involved matter as much as the quality of the products. That's why I'm such a fan of Varuna. They have a new, dynamic, web-based tool that helps water systems to stay resilient by identifying and tracking more than two dozen risks. With all the challenges facing water systems these days, they need a one-stop solution like that. So the product is industry-leading. But then you add in the people. Varuna is run by Shay Faboudet and Jamel Carter, who are two of the brightest, most dedicated, and simply nicest people that I've met in water. I encourage you to reach out to Shay and Jamel to introduce yourself, form great new connections, and learn more about the tools they offer. Connect with them at varuna.city. You're in the Waterloop. Welcome to Waterloop. This episode's going to be a little bit different. This is just me, the host, Travis Loop. Uh, and I'm going to talk as we get to the end of summer here about an awesome trip I had this summer. I went to Germany for 10 days. And, you know, when you travel, you have an opportunity to observe so many different things. Uh, and for me, being such a water-focused person, that meant that I would definitely have my radar up for anything related to water uh, as I traveled around Germany. Uh, I also did a little bit of research ahead of time on the places I'd be going, the cities I'd be going to, and any unique connections, features, aspects, projects, whatever it might be related to water that they had going on. So I had a few ideas of things I wanted to check out. So I'm just going to kind of take you all through my journey here, uh, talk about as I went through Germany, some of my different observations and uh, share some, some pictures and video and so forth as I share this conversation on my social media channels. So uh, looking forward to this. I started out in Frankfurt and immediately first day, first hour upon hitting the streets, walking through a busy pedestrian area and there is this kind of tall silver pillar right in the middle of the walkway and uh, it says Wasser on it, W-A-S-S-E-R, and it is a free public water refill station. Uh, and I saw a number of people going up to it, a lot of them opening up uh, plastic bottles, single-use plastic bottles, and refilling them with water from this station. Uh, and of course, uh, we stopped and 
took a picture, took a video. Uh, one of my sons refilled his water bottle there. And it, you know, I guess it jumped out at me because here in the United States where I live, uh, you really don't have the, as many of the good old fashioned drinking water fountains in use like there used to be. Uh, and not really any of these kind of big public stations. Now I'm sure I'm not familiar with everything in every city across the country. I hope to hear from people and say, hey, here in my community, we have this, this, and this. Uh, but it was just really striking how absolutely convenient it was right in the middle of a, of a busy part of town, right out where people could access it. And so I actually looked this up online a little bit here. And if this is true, uh, it says this drinking, the drinking water fountain, some of these are operated by a Frankfurt energy provider, MyNova, uh, and it's located in the pedestrian zone areas. Uh, and so that might be who's responsible for this one. I didn't see a lot of them. Uh, there might be more, might not, not sure. But again, just something you see, you're like, that's awesome. That helps people get access to water, helps reduce the use of plastic. Why can't this be happening everywhere? Uh, also in Frankfurt, second day there, met up with a larger group of our family. This was a great time in Germany. There were eight of us traveling together. And so what are we gonna do when we, we first all come together as a family? We're gonna go for a cruise on the river uh, and see the water. So uh, it's the Main River in Frankfurt. And uh, we went down there and got on a tour boat, large boat, two decks. Uh, and it just went up and down the river for about an hour and it's that kind of classic scene that you see so many places where a city has built itself around the water and the water is the thriving place for people to live, to work, to play. Uh, you know, along this ride in Frankfurt, saw lots of really cool residential buildings and centers that were right on the water, saw you know, office spaces that people had on the water, and of course, old industrial areas that seems to always be by the water too, as a, a way to move things around. Uh, and again, being the water person that I am, and seeing that river, I just uh, just struck me how awesome it was. How we as as people, wherever you travel around the world, you know, you find the water, and you find so much activity happening. And then the next stop on the trip was the classic German city, Heidelberg. Uh, really an incredibly beautiful place. It has the Necker River that's flowing through it. Uh, got a guided tour there, walked around the city, heard from this lady. Uh, it was really interesting to hear about the river's role, the Necker River role in the history of Heidelberg, uh, especially how there's been a lot of flooding throughout time uh, that really kind of shaped and reshaped the Heidelberg community, led them to put in a series of dams and kind of, you know, water control measures along the river. Uh, and, you know, such a, such a key part of, of the scene there is that river and, and how it formed the valley uh, that Heidelberg is is located on. One of the other things with Heidelberg, and I can't recall this completely, uh, and I couldn't find anything in a couple online searches, but I feel like I remember the tour guide talking about how even here in Heidelberg, as uh, 
there became a split between Catholicism and the Protestant uh, branch of Christianity. There was even a time when the river uh, divided those those parts of the of the Christian religion, and the Catholics were on one side, and the Protestants were on another. So, really, always interesting how water uh, plays such a role in society and culture. Next, we went down to Stuttgart. Uh, really excited to go to this this city. And what I was really interested in seeing is the amount of green roofs that they have there. Uh, I think that for a long time, 20 plus years, they've required that uh, you know, there be green roofs on buildings to catch uh, at least 70% of the rain that falls on them. Now, Stuttgart is located uh, in this area that doesn't let the air circulate a lot. So it can get kind of hot and stuffy uh, compared to maybe the surrounding countryside and areas. So what we know about green roofs is, yes, they capture that rain, they reduce stormwater runoff, uh, they're great for that, that those water aspects. Uh, but because you've got this, this vegetation, you're also going to, to help mitigate kind of that urban heat island effect a little bit. You're going to lower the temperatures. Uh, and so everywhere you looked in Stuttgart, there was these green roofs. Uh, and I was really impressed. I was in the Mercedes Museum. Uh, and from up in the top of this museum, you can look down and see a lot of different buildings in Stuttgart, including some uh, Mercedes offices, uh, corporate offices that are right there. And all across this Mercedes property were green roofs. Um, and I just, I love seeing companies that are uh, taking measures for sustainability, doing good stuff for the environment. So shout out to them for that. Next, we took a bit of a day trip out to the Black Forest. Uh, really excited to get out to this iconic uh, nature spot, the, the Black Forest, right? You've just heard about that place. So beautiful. Uh, and we went to Triberg, uh, where the Triberg waterfalls are located. These are like the highest waterfalls in Germany, um, 160 something meters, 500 feet or so. And they cascade down uh, in kind of this series of waterfalls and pools. Uh, and so you're able to basically hike up trails that kind of weave along the waterfalls, go over bridges in front of them, and you can get all the way from the bottom of the Triberg waterfall to the top, have all these different views, look back through to the town of Triberg. Uh, and of course, it was awesome to see waterfalls, to be hiking in the Black Forest, and you know the water person in me just thinks about look at look at what a economic driver uh, natural water features like that can be right. People will travel from all over to come see some awesome body of water, whether it's uh, the Triberg waterfalls or whatever else it might be. You've got the, the tourism there. You have all this economic activity in the town of Triberg because of this. Uh, that's also, by the way, where kind of the center of cuckoo clocks are, and there's stores there that have got hundreds and even thousand cuckoo clocks on the wall, not related to water, but uh, another thing that drives people to Triberg. Uh, moved on from there, 
and uh, did a, another little day trip just north of Stuttgart to Ludwigsburg. And that's when I really realized that at every kind of restaurant you go to, uh, in the U.S., I'm very accustomed to having a glass of water brought to me uh, and to everybody in the party uh, that's sitting there dining. And uh, most of the time, that's going to be tap water. Um, occasionally at some restaurants, right, they'll offer you some higher choice of, of water. But usually you're getting a glass of tap water when you're sitting down at a restaurant in the United States. And uh, it's just here in Ludwigsburg where I realized, you know, every day, every time we go out, uh, we have to order water and we have to order these big one liter, two liter bottles of water. Do we want sparkling? Do we want still? And then you've got to pay for that. I don't know, four, five, six euros, um, something around there. Uh, and I really am curious as to why that is. I know it's not the same way country to country in Europe, uh, but I've been very curious why in Germany uh, there's so much of this bottled water. And throughout the trip, uh, you know, I had my my big steel water bottle that I was filling up every morning out of the hotel tap, not even giving it a second thought, knowing that I'm in a uh, you know highly industrialized country like Germany. This water is going to be safe for me to drink. I'll be happy to drink this and uh, fill up my giant bottle and and uh, do the same for my kids. Filled up filled up everybody's water bottle the same way. Uh, so love to try to learn a little bit more about why. Uh, there is this bottled water. Is it because people don't like the tap, uh, the taste? Is it because of the labor that's involved in, you know, pouring glasses of water and washing those glasses? Uh, is it a opportunity to make money off of the bottled water? Not sure. Something that I don't have answers to. Uh, next, to kind of conclude the trip, went over to Munich for several days. Uh, awesome, awesome city, really loved that. Actually went to the Munich Zoo one morning, uh, needed to take the kids for an activity like that. And I always just love this when this happens. I was, I can't remember exactly what exhibit I was at, uh, but there was just a whole series of educational panels about water pollution. What are the different ways that our water gets polluted? What are the different ways there is to clean that up? And even though this was all in German, <laughs> having worked in water for, for so long, you know, I understood the diagrams showing pollution coming off ag fields or pollution coming off of pipes or uh, the impacts it had on fish and wildlife. And then even showing some of the ways that this water would be cleaned up or treated, nature-based solutions like restoring wetlands. Um, and so it always always puts my, a smile on my face to, to see educational displays about water, especially when I'm in some you know other place like Germany. Uh, then another day went up to uh, the oldest brewery in the world. It's been run almost for a thousand years and also went to the Hofbrauhaus, the iconic Hofbrauhaus in Munich. Uh, 
I am definitely a fan of beer, enjoy it a lot. And so it was very cool to go to Germany. Uh, obviously, the incredibly rich uh, beer brewing tradition of Germany and learn a little bit more about uh, the styles that they have there. A lot of Pilsners and Dunkels and wheat beers, the Weissens and Radlers. Uh, and really cool to, you know, learn about this Germany purity standard that requires just the simple ingredients and water to be used. A lot of the German beers are not these crazy hop forward, very strong flavor beers like you get in the U.S. these days. Um, you know, and I think that that lets uh, the water shine a little bit more. That's something uh, that I've heard people talk about uh, is, you know, when you have something lighter like a lager or whatever that you, you know, the, the water quality is, is even more important. So enjoyed that aspect and definitely enjoyed the beer. Uh, I, I think the big last observation I had from my trip was in Munich and you have this incredible city with just these these historic landmarks and one of the most crowded places that I found was along the river in the heart of the city people grouped all around this uh, overpass and the sides of of the river where this this bridge was because the river hits uh, a little something on the bottom and it creates a wave for surfing. So you're in this landlocked part of Germany. Uh, you're in the heart of one of Germany's biggest cities and you've got people surfing uh, in the river. It's maybe a waist high wave, three feet or so, uh, different from surfing in the ocean. And a big tourist draw, people sitting there just watching um, for a long time. And as a surfer, I sure wish that I had more time to uh, go rent a board, get a wetsuit, and spend some, spend some time figuring that wave out. Uh, I know it would have been different from how you catch kind of a moving wave in the ocean, uh, but Maybe I will be back one day and hope to do that. So really, really cool uh, to have a vacation, have a great time with family, see Germany. What an amazing, beautiful, fun country. But then I learned a tremendous amount about water through that whole journey. I still got a lot of questions from all these things I brought up in the podcast today. Uh, so I, I hope to keep learning. And I, I hope that uh, on all my future trips, I get to have water experiences like as well, this as well. So thank you all very much. Waterloop. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And thank you to this episode's sponsor, Varuna. To find all episodes, sign up for email updates, and connect on social media, visit waterloop.org. Waterloop, Waterloop, Waterloop.